Well, I first saw it back in 1989. My brother came home from school and had this amazing poster. Put it up on his wall, and there it was. Pearl White just sitting on his wall. And I thought to myself, this is the most gorgeous thing I have ever seen. What is it? It was at that moment that my brother told me about that company. One of the greatest supercars of the past. And being 1989, this car was in its last days. The car I'm talking about is the car that pretty much inspired me to pursue a life in the automobile industry. And this week, being the week that the movie Behind the Man comes out, we're going to talk to you about one of his most famous vehicles and one of the most longest running vehicles, the Lamborghini Countach. Autolux Podcast coming to you anytime, anywhere from around the globe on any major streaming site from Autolux.net. Welcome back to the Autolux Podcast. I am your host, as always, the doctor to the automotive industry, Mr. Everett J, coming to you from our main website, Autolux.net. If you haven't been there, stop by, check it out. It's the place that has everything from Autolux, from our year-end ratings, which is going to be coming out in January, to all the podcasts from past present and hell the future yes the autolux.net website has it all and on top of that we'd like to give a special thanks to podbeam for getting this podcast out into the world and helping us get onto every major streaming site around the globe over 44 different streaming sites you can find the autolux podcast on from itunes to amazon music we are there Thanks to the people at Podbean. And another special thanks out to Feedspot for moving us up into the top 15 best automotive podcasts in all of Canada. Now we get it, there's not a lot in Canada, but we make the top 15. If you haven't stopped by, check out Feedspot for all their blogs, podcasts, and information coming to you from around the world. So like I said in the beginning, back in 1989, I, I first saw it. Next time they had a book sale at school, I got my poster that I still have and love and cherish today. And that's the Ferrari F40. But my brother brought home the very first automotive poster into our house. And that was a Lamborghini Countach. That car was amazing. That car was iconic. It was the 80s. When you think of the 80s, you think of three cars. A DeLorean, Ferrari Testarossa, and a Lamborghini Countach. Those are the big cars of the 80s. But unfortunately, you, when you go back through its history, the Countach didn't come out in the 80s. No, the Countach is a lot older than people think. The Countach was originally built to be the successor for the car that created the market that this car went into. Yeah, we're talking about the awe-inspiring Lamborghini Miura. The car that set the benchmark for supercars around the world. Hell, it even set the benchmark for supercar design. The Mira. And how do you follow that up? How does Fernuccio Lamborghini follow up a beautiful car like that? Well, for starters, he's like every other person out there in the automotive industry. We take a look at what we can improve on that vehicle. And since he wanted to create something new, instead of just an enhancement of the existing product, this was a whole new ball game, and the Countach would set itself apart from its Mira brethren. The LP112 project was set up to be better Mira, originally set up to actually enhance and make the Mira better. They wanted to take out all of the major faults in that vehicle. The boring aspects while updating issues which plagued the Mira, this mid-engine rear-wheel drive layout with a cutting-edge design from Burton was pushing itself further. 
Fernuccio wanted something to bring the world into tomorrow. And with Ferrari bringing out the Daytona, he wanted something that looked like it's from the future. But first, he had to look at the issues with the Mira. Now, there was one major issue with the Mira. It's design, which notes downforce to reduce liftoff or oversteer, something that the Mira had problems with when it hit higher rates of speed. They needed a car to solve this problem, which essentially, you need to improve the vehicle's high-speed stability. So this next product, has to be capable of going even faster than where the Mira was. The Mira was setting the benchmark for where supercars began, but the LP112 would be the car that brings it into that main category. After a year of work, the concept was finally shown in the 1971 Geneva Motor Show. The LP500 concept graced us with where Lamborghini wanted to go. Lamborghini wanted to move into the future. We saw the original 71 LP500 concept with that wedge design from Berto. It was it was amazing. It was it was cutting edge. It was a futuristic car, something that DeLorean did in the 80s with the DMC-12. But unfortunately, to get to production, this car would have to spend the next three years under the microscope to ensure that every single detail was checked. They wanted to make sure the LP500 concept, when it hit the market, hit it and was running. And in 1974, the LP400 Lamborghini Countach graced the world. And with that, Lamborghini decided against naming his vehicles after bulls. All of his cars up until that time had the naming convention of using bulls or bull names or famous bull fighters. But the Countach broke this. An exclamation of the astonishment in the... But why? Why did he want to do that? Why did he want to break away from the bull names? Well, he wanted to break away from the original. Now, if you're wondering where the LP comes from, the LP is longitudinal rear engine orientation. So LP, longitudinal, and 400 would be the engine's displacement. And now if you look back at the original LP 400, it had a 3.9 liter engine. Not incredibly a big engine when you consider the fact that you're getting cars now with 8.4 liters or more to give you power. Styled by Marcello Gandini of Bertone Design Studio. The Countach borrowed aspects from Gandini's already famous Alpha Carabo and Lancia Strato Zero concepts. Yes, the Lancia Stratos concept would go on to eventually create the Lancia Stratos in the future, but its wedge design influenced the Lamborghini Countach. So in other words, the Carabo and the Strato Zero concepts are siblings to the original Countach. Now, when this car was showcased to us back in 1974, there was a lot of publicity and a lot of people out there. This car became an overnight sensation. And due to the coverage of the Geneva Auto Show, there's a massive amount of interest. A wedge-shaped design with scissor-cut doors made this vehicle stand out from anything else. Ferrari only had conventional opening doors. And here was Lamborghini using scissor doors. Now, why were these scissor doors? used. Now it wasn't just for an aesthetic appeal. They didn't just do it to set the car apart from anything else. Sure, they wanted to make it known and they wanted to make it seen by anyone else out there. They wanted this car to be top. 
They wanted this car to be cool. And by using the scissor doors, the first on a production vehicle, the Countach would be set out from the competition. Now, Gandini originally used these in a Carbono concept. These doors were utilized to facilitate entry into the vehicle. With a wide chassis and high and wide door sills made using conventional doors on the Countach more difficult. Whereas the doors would have been too narrow for a conventional door use and anyone to get into. And at the time, making doors to pull part of your frame apart similar to that of the existing Ford GT just weren't thought of. No. So using a horizontal hinge assisted by a gas strut which supported the weight of the door, these scissor doors were added in and even though this was a new technology and they were trying something out that had never been done before they still were smooth because Lamborghini knew that if he wanted to hit that market and want to go after that big spending supercar market he needed to make sure that everything ran properly now next to this they pulled a v12 created in 1963 which was originally utilized on the 350 gt 400 gt is lero espada and even the mura for the new Countach. So quality wasn't an issue because the engine they were utilizing had been broken in. Now they originally considered going with a five liter engine, born stroking it, but they had too many issues with it. In the last second, they decided to change it and stick with that 3.9 liter V12 from the Mira. Because in the end they realized, hey, why not stick with something that's good? A formula that is already working for us. But next to that engine, and it being in the back and the wedge design, you need to cool that engine. Gandini added the new NACA air ducts, which are famous in the Lamborghini Countach. They came out of necessity, and these were brought in to replace the window slats from the original LP500 concept. If you look at the back of the vehicle, the original LP500, you'll notice that they have slats on the back of it. But they realized that using these NACA air ducts would allow more cold air to rush in and cool the engine off quicker, faster, and more efficiently. This is something that became a staple of Lamborghini Countach designs. And if it wasn't just cooling the engine, it was also making it look cool. Now, like we said, 1974, the Countach came out. It hit the road and was running. The original Lamborghini Countach LP400 was built between 1974 and 78. 50 of them were sold during the reveal of the 1974 auto show. And 157 were produced before the production ended of the LP400s in 1978. In 1978, we saw the LP400S, which went from 78 to 82, with 237 of them being built. Now, this also added in the introduction of that famous rear wing. Now, why was it added in? This rear wing has no point in being on a Lamborghini Countach. Now, myself, I personally wouldn't buy a Countach without the rear wing on it, because I think it just it enhances that design. It gives more cut to that design, even though the original concept didn't have that rear wing and the rear wing when you add it in really doesn't create that much more downforce compared to a standard back of the Countach. That is why the brand new 2022 Lamborghini Countach concept built off the Scion platform doesn't have it. There is no need for it. So why was it added in? That's a good question. It's aesthetically pleasing but does not create any downforce. So it was made to enhance the image of the vehicle. Lamborghini wanted to make this vehicle different and like the Mira instead of the Mira moving into a second generation, he built the Countach. Now the Countach was selling great and they didn't need to get rid of it, but they needed some way to make it look newer. Introduction of the aesthetically pleasing rear wing. 
Now, in 1978, when the LP 400S came out, the tires, the Pirelli P7 345 35R15 tires, were the biggest, widest, and largest tires on any vehicle at that time. These were huge. Why do they want that? Well, when you get a car that is getting close to achieving 200 miles an hour, you want it to be able to grip. And like we said, Lamborghini was enhancing the vehicle. He built the Countach off the Mira because he wanted to make the Mira the best it could be. In 1978, the Countach needed to really become the best it could be by being enhanced. But unfortunately, during this time frame, 74 to 78, brand new bumper laws attacked the North American marketplace. And these new bumper laws led to our famous gray market products for the Lamborghini. The new bumper extensions were not a favorite and took away from the Countach's sleek wedge design. A lot of people would order them as added accessories, but they didn't want them. So to get around this, people had them shipped in with the bumpers as they were going to be added on at the dealership and never added them on some of them you know if they had already taken order of it and it was coming in with the bumpers attached to it second they hit their garage they were pulled off we're in one of the most famous instances in 1979 we got the lamborghini's very first entry into cinema the countach entered the cannonball run and with that we got to see another gray market aspect in the american automobile industry if you take note of the 79 countach in the cannonball run you'll notice that instead of the front bumpers that Countach has a front spoiler with fog lights on now the understanding is that this was added because they wanted to get around the bumper part of it for the movie they didn't want to promote a vehicle that wasn't you know properly set up for the automotive road no but they needed to get around it somehow so they put a front spoiler on it the front spoiler had no meaning except as a replacement for the bumper the fog lights we still don't get because really the Countach already has its own dedicated fog lamps if you take a look at it it has flip up headlights those famous retractable headlights that we started seeing in the 70s and became even more famous in the 80s gracing vehicles such as the firebird and even the honda accord sedan how we had seen flip up lights before we had seen rollaway lights before wasn't anything new but the countach had fog lights below it because at that time you needed to have some form of lighting in the front fortunately those fog lights were just an added on accessory for the cannonball run movie but it did create a want and desire for the countach and like we said those countach the lp 400s was from 78 to 82 in 1982 the lp 500s came out. Now, Lamborghini really wanted to make a statement. They wanted to move out of their 70s bread and butter car and by adding a bigger more powerful 4.8 liter V12 to it. This new Lamborghini was going to be even faster. Now Lamborghini did update the interior to bring it more in line with the 80s. Instead of having that old 1970s appeal, they wanted to appeal to the people of the 80s. The 500S had 321 of them built. And sometimes you can find them in select markets being called the 5000S. But this, in some instances, causes confusion with the LP500 Quattro Valor. From 1985 to 1988, the LP P5000QV for short had 610 of them built. 66 of them with fuel injection systems. Now this VLP5000 QV came with a bore and stroke 5.2 liter 4 valve per cylinder Quattro Veloff in Italian. So 4 valves per cylinder 
Quattro Velov is what it announces to. Hence, the QV, or the LP5000 Quattro Velov. But this is 1985. Now, this became, the 5000 QV became the best-selling Lamborghini. Why? In its original form, the 5000 QV with 610 of them being built and with a fuel injection system being added to 66 of them, QV was moving into the present. Bumper extensions added with noted black plastic. Side sills included of an extra air intake and had that ground effects appeal of the 1980s. Lamborghini was moving the, the Countach, a 1974 design, into 1985. Now remember, 1985 is also the year of Back to the Future and the DeLorean. But it's also the year that we saw products like the Lotus Esprit, the Dismaso Pantera, the Porsche 959, and even the Ferrari F40, all having flat bottoms. The Countach originally had a nice curvature, bringing the body line underneath the car making the entire design look like it flows up and over and around the edges but in the 80s ground effects was coming in and as we saw with products like the cyclone from general motors or even the lotus esprit or the pantera flat bottoms were becoming big and i don't know about you but i don't like flat bottoms at all i'm like sir mixalot says baby got back so these flat bottoms kind of a no-no it was a big seller in the 80s because people loved it and people looked at it as a 1980s car take a 1985 5000 qv and a ferrari testarossa both of them pure white and what's the first image that comes to your mind right now well if you grew up in the 80s or even know something about the 80s miami vice comes to mind pinnacle of the 80s shoulder pads pastel colors and neon lights the Countach was moving into the 80s but by 1988 it was time to make another major change being that it was the 25th anniversary of Lamborghini they decided to make an anniversary edition of the Countach which funny enough the 25th anniversary became the biggest seller of Lamborghini even though it wasn't a standard Lamborghini product with 657 of them made they were mechanically similar to the QV in both engine and styling an enlargement and extension of the rear airbox intake ducts fin strakes and a primary rear intake duct opening added for the release of hot air and more cooling were just a few of the upgrades now these air intakes were similar to that of the Ferrari Testarossa and with the added wheel flanges, rear bumper extensions, the Countach in the 80s were in full swing. This created a box appeal the last generation and some of us diehard Countach fans out there would say that the box image of the 1980s or let's just call it the Miami Vice Countach essentially was leading it to its death. This box appeal may be a big thing in the 80s but it wasn't cool. How do you make the Countach cool? Well, the 25th anniversary edition clocked out at 183 miles an hour with a 0 to 60 time of 4.7 seconds, making it the fastest production Countach ever made. And by the end of 1990, the Countach was slowly being moved out to make way for its successor. After 16 years, the Countach was being retired and paving the way for the next supercar from Lamborghini. The Diablo, or Devil in Spanish, would be faster and more capable than the outdated Countach. But unfortunately, the Diablo wouldn't live as long as the Countach. The Countach today is still the longest running production Lamborghinis ever made. Even though they only sold 1,983 of them, the Countach may not seem on paper 
during sales. A big car for Lamborghini. But when you say the name Lamborghini, a Countach is one of the first things that comes to your mind. A Diablo, the replacement for it, originally began work in 1985. They wanted to make the Countach and bring it into the future. But if you remember, in 1987, Chrysler bought the controlling stake of Lamborghini. And when they did, they fast-tracked this new model, knowing that the Countach was at the end of its prime. It was dying out. It was seen as a product of the 80s, and they wanted to move into the 90s. They wanted something new. The design of the Diablo was done in Italy, but now with Chrysler owning Lamborghini, they wanted to make sure that this new product looked new and wasn't just enhanced. With the final drawings being sent to Detroit for approval, Detroit made the final decision, the end design of the Diablo, because they originally thought the design sent over from Italy was too much like the Countach, and they wanted something to be different than the Countach. The Diablo was going to be different. It was going to replace the Countach, but it would never live up to the image of it. And after 11 years of production, the Diablo would move aside for the Marcielago. So really, in the end, the Diablo never picked up where the Countach ended. Now, the Countach, throughout its life, had some amazing products added to it. The first one being the Walter Wolf Countach in 1975. Created by a Canadian businessman and the owner of Wolf Formula One racing team, he was not satisfied with his LP400's engine, and he asked his famous Formula One frame builders, Dallara, to create a high-power version. Dallara himself was a former chief engineer at Lamborghini before founding Dallara Automobili in 1972. So Walter had a tie-in with him with Formula One. His engine that he thought of was similar to that of the original engine that Lamborghini thought for the Countach, the 5-liter engine. But since it was an aftermarket car, he had way more time to work on it and he didn't have to worry about being perfect because it was being built for him. His 5 liter engine made 447 horsepower and had a theoretical top speed of 196 to possibly 201 miles per hour which was never proven. Now Walters commissioned his own. Lamborghini did build two others but did Walter influence the Lamborghini? Yes he did whereas the next generation of the Lamborghini would move to the LP500, having the designation of the LP500S. Walters called his the LP500 since he had a 5-liter displacement and nearly 500 horsepower. His vehicle also included updated tires, a flat spoiler with custom red and black arches paint job. During 1980-1982, two modified turbocharged Countaches were commissioned by Max Bobnar. Max was the official distributor of Lamborghini in Switzerland, and he wanted his own turbocharged Lamborghini. He had one built based off of the LP500S and painted black, the second one being based off the Series 1 LP400S and painted metallic red. His LP500S power output claimed 748 horsepower, 0-60 time of 3.7 seconds, and a top speed of 208 miles per hour. His manual boost controller located under the steering wheel could adjust the boost power. This turbocharged Lamborghini was faster and more capable of the production vehicles. Lamborghini was taking notice of Max Bobnar's turbocharged Countach's. They never turbocharged the Countach, but they did look at it and utilize some of his influence for the next one. And having a manual boost controller, well, that was that was cool, but not everybody driving a production car wants to adjust the boost pressure. Not everybody buying a Countach knows how to actually operate anything within the engine bay. So Lamborghini knew this, and that's why they never really pushed the turbocharged Countach. During 1985, the Countach QVX 
came out. A short-lived Group C sports car racing car built for Le Mans. Built by Spice Engineering and CC Engineering, it utilized the original Countach's V12, but used the building direction derived from the Lamborghini Marine engines. This was commissioned by David Jolliffe, Lamborghini's British importer, because he wanted to run in the 1985 Le Mans. Unfortunately, this Lamborghini did not see its success, but it did keep up with the winning Jaguar. So it was really painful to watch that. Unfortunately, they tried to get in the next year for 1986, but in the end, finances brought down the project and the Countach never went racing again. It did hit a racetrack though, because from 1980 to 1983, Formula One employed a Countach as a safety car for the Monaco Grand Prix. In 1987, when Chrysler took over, and they wanted to fast-track the successor for the Countach, Italy built the Countach Evolutiono concept. This was utilized by the team commissioned to build the successor. During its testing, Lamborghini tested out brand new technology that could be utilized in the next generation Countach. Four-wheel drive, ABS, active suspension, retractable wipers, Kevlar, body panels, carbon fiber, aluminum, honeycomb panels. But unfortunately, that's all this product ever became. And sadly, this concept was crashed. They wanted to utilize it for crash testing for the next model. So the original is gone. A limited run of the evolution was thought of, but never came to light. It was a sad thing to see. The last Countach that they ever thought of was the L150. It was a prototype for the next generation of Countach. Development of this model would eventually lead to the Diablo, but due to the cost concerns and the Countach update was scrapped in favor of the 25th anniversary. So the L150 prototype could have been the next generation of the Countach. Faster, more capable, but unfortunately, knowing that the Countach was on the end of its life, they just fast-tracked the 25th anniversary to make sure that the Countach can live to the 90s. They wanted to ensure that the Countach could survive until the Diablo came out. But when it bowed out in 1990, we never thought it would return. Back in 2006, Lamborghini brought us the Mura concept to Detroit. This was done to commemorate the 40th anniversary of the original Mura concept. And lots of people were interested. And they asked Lamborghini, you're going to create this even as a limited production model? And Lamborghini said, no. We are a company who constantly moves forward. That's what the original Countach was. That's what the Mura was. They were a movement into the future. They weren't a replacement. They were the future. So Lamborghini didn't want to backtrack and go to its past. Didn't want to do like the big three and bring it back the Charger, the retro-inspired Mustang, the Camaro, the Bronco. No, Lamborghini didn't want to do things like that. They didn't want that retro inspiration. But that was 2006. A lot has changed since 2006, and in 2021, Lamborghini went back on that statement. And on August 14th, 2021, a limited production version of the LPI 804 Lamborghini Countach was to be built off the Scion underpinnings. The first hybrid electric Countach in history. Sorry to everyone from the 80s, but the wing did not come back with this one. A limited run of 112 units have already been spoken for, so don't even think you're going to be able to touch one of these until they hit the used car market. You gotta say at least 50 to 100% more than what you would have paid had you have made this list. But why did Lamborghini bring this back? They brought it back to commemorate the anniversary of when the world met the original Lamborghini Countach back in 1971. They went back on their word. They wouldn't bring back the Mura as the Mura concept, but they would bring back the Countach, even if it sat on a hybrid platform. 
knowing how famous that name is, and even getting insight from engineers who worked on the original Countach project, this new product gave the Countach one more light in history, and it showed us where the Countach could have been had it just evolved instead of bowing out. Reaching a top speed of 221 miles per hour and a 0-60 time of 2.8 seconds, the new LPI 800 is the fastest Countach of all. But unfortunately, being a hybrid electric, it does not embody the spirit of the original Countach. Note the naturally aspirated V12. The Countach is just a gimmick to drum up sales. It looks amazing. It's one designed from Autolux. But in all reality, Lamborghini just wants to make a buck at the end of the day. And they wanted to find a way to make more money off the Scion platform. By doing this, I guess Lamborghini should go back on their word and give us the Mira concept as well. And if they're not going to do that, they should really bring out the Astrian GT. So we can have the original embodiment of Lamborghini's vision. Lamborghini never set out to change the world of supercars. He never set out to build supercars. He set out to prove a point to Enzo Ferrari and build amazing grand touring cars to go up against Ferrari. But during that, he decided to move into the future. And from the Mira came the most notable Lamborghini of all time, the Countach. A product that anyone who knows the brand knows of. The Countach is it. It is the car. It is the epitome of Lamborghini. You could say the Aventador, the Marcielago, hell even the Revention, Diablo, Mira, you know the Uraz, even the Huracan or Gallardo are Lamborghinis. But without the Countach, none of the Lamborghinis you see today would exist. One, the company could have gone under. And two, its wedge-shaped design is still influenced in Lamborghini's models of today. And since the Astrian concept car, Lamborghini has never created a grand touring car since the 70s. Something that Lamborghini may need to get off their ass and build us. The Countach was a great car. Something we all love and something we all wanted. If I can go back to 1989 and push myself harder and faster to get out there, maybe I would have my Lamborghini Countach now. All I know is someday I'm going to drive. So if you like this podcast, please like, share, or comment about it. Tell us about your experiences with Lamborghini. Tell us about your fantasies. What car you would love to have. Do you want a Countach just like us? Or are you the Ferrari F40 counterpart? Drop us a line on one of our social feeds. Leave us a comment on one of our streaming sites. Just tell us what you think of the Lamborghini Countach and what you actually think of the brand new LPI 800. Do you really think it is worthy of the Countach name or should it have an alternate? Drop us a line on any of our social media or streaming sites. And after that, stop by the website, stop by autolooks.net, take a check at some of the corporate websites. We have links to every single major automobile corporation around the globe on our corporate links website page. Check it out. You can link right to Lamborghini's page and you can see the products. Looking for some of their past products? Check out some of our help pages and we can give you that help in finding those products. And one last shout out to both Feedspot and Podbean for being there and helping us get out into the world, making us part of your top 15 and bringing us to the forefront of streaming. Thank you again to Feedspot and Podbeam. So for myself, Everett J, and the whole Autolux team here, strap yourself in for this one fun wild ride from the Countach.